What's up, everyone? Welcome to The Truth Podcast. I'm your host, Hani Rambod, and I have a very special guest with me today, Dave Palumbo. Dave is the CEO of Species Nutrition, as well as the owner of RX Muscle. Um, Dave, welcome aboard and welcome to The Truth Podcast. It's crazy because we just did our first RX Muscle interview less than two weeks ago, and now I have you on mine, so I really appreciate the time and the reciprocation. It's nice to like go on the other side of the microphone. And I want to just clarify, my wife is actually technically the CEO of Species Nutrition. She does everything. I'm just the, I'm just the, the, the ugly front guy. You know, I, I create the products and market them, but he, yeah, she's the brains behind the operation. I'm going to give Well, then definitely I'm going to be buying some stock now in that uh, Species you Nutrition. Um, you know, I know we worked together back in MD days and uh, a lot of people, you know, it's been a while since the magazines have been kind of on the forefront of everybody's uh, kind of desks, you know, we used to, that used to be a big deal. Flex magazine, muscular development. You and I both worked for Steve Blackman back in the day. Um, I want to just start off with a little bit of our history. I mean, you were there before I got there. I came in in 2003. When did you come on? Uh, he, I started right when he launched the, when he got rid of the natural muscular development. And I think it was like, Oh, one. He said, I want to relaunch the magazine. I want you to have a column. I want to call it the anabolic freak and, you know, answer all the questions. There's no holds barred. I'm like, all right, great. You know, that's, I love to do that. That, that would be phenomenal. You know, and I think at the time, and I think you might be the only, the only other guy, but I think that we might've been, and I could be wrong. I don't know if you did this too, but we might've been the only two guys to actually write our own columns. <laughs> yeah. Well I did. I had, I, I basically had Ron transcribe for me. So, so I wouldn't have to sit in front of the computer. And then what he would do is he would just basically, I would do the whole column with him and then he would transcribe it, send it to me. I would approve it to make sure that it was exactly what I said. He didn't get anything wrong. Cause once in a while that would happen, you know, yeah. and then because I would be traveling so much, I would get on the phone with him six, nine time zones away. And then Ron was so you know gracious to be able to put it all on, uh, word doc send it over to me and i'd be like no i didn't say this let me change this and i would make whatever changes and then we would do it but he would basically transcribe it for right. me you were just lazy that's all but yeah but you wrote the article the funny thing is a lot of the guys and people don't even realize that they never wrote their articles ron would call them up and just ask them a couple questions get some information then he would go and write the articles because a lot of these guys either were too lazy or they didn't have the time or they couldn't write you know and ron was cranking out i mean the guy was i don't know how he wrote so many articles every month to be honest with you, because I know just doing my article used to take a lot out of me because to come up with original content and everything like that. Yeah, it's it took a long time. I mean, when I used to do the super features with Flex Magazine and Alan Donnelly, we would be up till three or four in the morning and I would do these 12 or 13 page super features because I would have all the nutrition, then I would have the training components. And basically I would build out a whole ebook <laughs> all in, in the column and basically focus on making sure that the person knew exactly how to go from step one to step two. And it would take sometimes two or three weeks to build it out properly. Did, did they pay you well for that? Uh, you know, there would, there was a lot of things that I did. I would either get a check or I would get something like in a barter system at the time when I first started um, Evision and, and I would turn around and I would say, Hey, look, can you just give me a, a page or two? Uh, ad space, which, which, which was very, very expensive at the time. I mean, yeah. Seven grand, right? Something like that. Mm -hmm. Yep. I mean, I think with a discount. Yep. And then if, if you really, you know, put the screws on them, maybe five or 6,000, but yeah. On on average, average so that's 10 grand. I mean, you got two pages. That's 10 grand. On our, yeah, I would get month, from one, yeah. Yeah. So whenever I would do something along those lines, it wasn't on, I did muscular development for 10 years straight. So that was a, over, over 120 months straight of the pro creator column. It's a lot. Yeah. I did uh, oh, 01 to, I guess, 09 when I left. So that was, yeah, but eight years, you know, it's a lot of columns, you know. Yeah. And then you were the enemy. And then, then I was the, the enemy, enemy, right? right. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you were the enemy. <laughs> it was, it's it amazing was, how you go from the, the good guy to the enemy so quickly. Oh, man. But, but yeah. So, anyways, that's a lot of the history from back in the day when we did these articles and it was, it was a really good time. And now, obviously, everything switched over to the internet and everything else. And what I wanted to do is basically the big news right now is this whole thing with the thyroid. Can you explain to the listeners, everyone online right now? Um, you obviously have a very immensely uh, popular channel. You have, uh, you know, uh, lots of people that listen to you and you mentioned some things going on with your health. Can you uh, elaborate on that a bit? 
Yeah. You know, it's interesting because, you know, I, I, you know, my mom passed away from cancer when I was 14, her father, my grandfather died of cancer and my grandmother died a little much later, but also of cancer. All the same kinds, Dave? Were those the same kinds? Yeah, of all different types. One, my grandfather was like liver. My mother was pancreatic. My grandmother had lung cancer. Um, her sister, my mother's sister had breast cancer. So, I mean, it was like a bunch of different cancers, but you know, that's like one side. And then my Italian side of my heritage, they, not, they live forever, you know, pretty much. They just get a lot of little, you know, annoying type of things that happened their whole life. But so I always said, look, I'm not, I will not pigeonhole myself into any kind of a job that I don't enjoy, which uh, I'm going to have emotional pain or anguish because I'm not really liking what I'm doing because I'm going to get cancer and die. That's, that was my thought process. And that was one of the reasons, not the only reason, but one of the reasons why I left medical school, because I wasn't, I didn't enjoy it anymore uh, in my third year. I didn't like working in the hospital. I said, this is not something I want to do. Um, you know, I, I don't care. I'm not, I'm not dying young of cancer. That's not going to happen to me. I'm not allowing it into my wheelhouse. I'm going to eat right. I'm going to train. I'm going to work out. I'm going to be healthy. And that's it. So I didn't think I'd ever even be confronting that possibility that now I don't know if I have it or not. So I went for a routine scan of my heart because I have a, an enlarged aorta. Another, it's probably something that I can blame on my family, right? Genetics. And so they check it every year. And then on one of the scans, they found, oh, by the way, you have a, nod you nod a nodule on your thyroid, even though your aorta is actually perfect. So, so I'm like, great. All right. But, you know, not be now a lot of people would never even follow up with it. They didn't recommend any follow up. They just, it just happened to be on the report that I, I always read my own reports. I'm sure you do the same thing because yes. I don't trust these, these people miss things and stuff like that. And they don't tell you, they think it's, so I'm like, you know what? I better get this thing scanned just, just to rule it out. I, I know like people get thy, thyroid nodules all the time and they just, that's just the way it is. I'm like, all right, whatever. So I go in there and I get scanned. The woman scanning me. She's like, oh, don't worry. Don't even, you know, I see these all the time. They're, they're, it's probably nothing. This is what the, 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 the technician is telling me. Right. So at the end of the scan, which took about five minutes, I said, so what do you think? You know, because I know they can't tell you, but I, I could always read their face. And she's like, oh, I really can't tell you, you know, your doc. I'm like, I, I must be dying. Because <laughs> usually they'll be like, oh, no, don't worry about it. You'll, you're, you know, you'll the report. I get back right. to my house. It takes 20 minutes to drive back to my house. The report is done already. I get a notification on my phone. You're, check your my chart, the, the new new test result. I'm like, that was the fastest uh, radiologist report ever. So, and it says, you know, they rate these nodules on your thyroid from one to five, five being, you know, the highly suspicious ones where they think you should get them checked out. So I was a five. Um, rated a five, which said highly suspicious that the thing, I guess, was a little longer than it was wide. And it was, it had some calcifications on it. It was only 10, 10 millimeters. It was like one centimeter. It wasn't big, but right. it, it had some, you know, some suspicious, you know, features to it. So I, I said, all right, you know what? And they recommend a needle biopsy, you know? So I'm like, all right, well, let me go call. And I got to call an endocrinologist now, right? I can't get an appointment with an endocrinologist. They want to like see me in three months. That's the nearest appointment. Right. So basically you're going through, you're going through it. Your, your mindset is like, I need to get this thing figured out right now, right now. I need to figure this out because days and weeks matter right now. Um, and they're like, Hey, we have something in for you. And is that just because of your health plan or is it because of the specific doctor you're trying to see? No, I, it's just because it's, it's, it, there's no endocrinologist down here it, you know, they want us, you to see a physician's assistant. I'm like, I'm not seeing a physician's assistant for this. I got to, you know, it's just, this could be thyroid cancer for all I know, right. which is obviously the, the most curable form, you know, of cancer. If you're going to get one, that's, that's not a bad one to get. They take your thyroid out and they give you a little radioactive thiodine and, iodine and then you're done. But the point is that at this point, I don't know what it is. So I want to go see someone. So no one can see one guy wants to do telemedicine. He wants to do it like a, a, a you know, a, a, a zoom call with me i'm like what is this he's not gonna even feel my neck i mean what's going on here right do you feel anything did you have any symptoms at all day no, no nothing i feel absolutely fine. As a matter of fact i feel great so i i'm thinking you know maybe i caught it really 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 early who knows yeah, yeah. so i i remember now my very good friend i grew up with you know my whole life i spent with this kid you know uh one of my you know in my inner circle of friends you know i still I, he's the kind of guy you can pick up the phone with. And even though you haven't talked in 10 years, you know, he's like your best friend still. So I, I, I call him up. I'm like, Lenny, I said, you know, he's an endocrinologist, but ironically enough in Miami, I said, I tell him the whole story. I send him the report. I get the report for him. I get the actual disc. He's like, let me see the disc. Cause sometimes, you know, they can, they, they, they don't read these things. Right. He's like, well, it looks a little suspicious. I think you should definitely do a needle biopsy. I said, I don't have anyone 
who can do it here. They want to wait me to wait three months. He's like, come into my office. I actually do them myself. He's a genius, this kid. Okay. So I'm going tomorrow. He's going to actually needle biopsy himself in his office, you know, because they have the x-ray, they have the radiologist text there. He's going to do the actual stick himself. Hopefully they'll let me film it. <laughs> so people like to follow this crap. I don't know why, but they do. And I'll find out at least if there's any kind of malignancy there or anything like that. And then I can make a, you know, I can make a um, decision what I want to do. Now, a lot of people have reached out to me, alternative modalities and, and all these different, you know, treatments that people have done. And, you know, from pancreatin, which is, uh, you know, like a pancreatic enzymes, digestive yes. enzymes to ozone treatment, which I actually have an ozone machine in my house. I used to do ozone uh, treatments all the time on myself, just for, you know, for shits and giggles right. uh, to, stem cells to uh what was the other one um drinking uh bicarbonate sodium bicarbonate in the morning and at night to alkalinize your system because obviously cancer doesn't grow in an alkaline environment and i know all these things intuitively but it's nice that a lot of people have really reached out to me and you know said hey look i have someone who did this and this person knows that and so it was kind of cool i just actually today i talked to this guy anthony de pasquale you might the, the name mm -hmm. may ring a bell i don't know if yep. you know who he is but he is the uh, his uncle was moro de pasquale remember okay. the doctor yeah. used to write for muscle mag Yes, that's how I remember the last name. I, it sounded familiar. Anabolic doc. So he's a yep. he's like our age now. He's like in his fifties, and he um, he's a big alternative medicine guy. This, this 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 guy. So we were talking. I'm gonna actually probably get him on my TV show just to talk about some of these you know modalities that he uses. He's a really big into these this pancreatin um, enzyme along with a lot of vitamin C. They found that a lot of cysts. If you have cysts on your in your body it shrinks them up really well. And if you have calcified cysts, if you add vitamin D2, excuse me, vitamin K2 onto that, mm -hmm. it will decalcify these cysts. So it's, you know, it's some interesting, you know, like naturopathic, you know, routes. Obviously if I have cancer, more than likely I'll get it removed <laughs> and then do the other stuff afterwards. But I like having a full spectrum of data at my disposal so I can make a decision once I know what it is. And that's exactly the way somebody who's pragmatic their approach is because you want to be able to cover all of your bases. You want to create some, you know, the alkaline environment. You want to make sure you minimize any kinds of possibilities of it coming back afterwards, anything like that. So that that's really, really important. I think, um, so you haven't had any issues with like weight loss or any of those things that kind of fall in that thyroid range. No, it's funny. I, my, my thyroid, I haven't had them like tested within the last six months, but before that they were every, it's funny. You know, my whole bodybuilding career, I never had a single blood work, single blood test that was normal because I always had high liver enzymes or high, right. you know, low HDLs or all the, the body, all the steroid induced, you know, side effects you see. I had every one of them. Now that I don't, you know, I work out, but I don't work out like like maniac anymore. I've dropped my body weight down. Right. You know, I'm 185 pounds. You know, I had my blood. How, how, how tall are, how, how tall are you, um, Dave? Five, nine and a half around there. Five, nine. Yeah, but you got like a gigantic shoes too. I, you know, I wear like, size fifteen. I should have been six foot eight with the with the size shoe I wear. Exactly. So, what do you think the cause of that was? Do you think it was because of the growth, or do you think it was something that has to do with something else? I think your feet can grow from GH, by the way. Right. But I think we're talking like a half a size. You know, the mm -hmm. most. I was a, a twelve. I was a thirteen mm -hmm. as a kid. You know that that was my when I was eighteen. I had a thirteen, uh, thirteen and thirteen and a half around there. And actually, at one point in my bodybuilding career, when I hit 300, mm -hmm. I went from a 13 and a half to a 16. Like, it was like almost like in a month. What happened, wow. I think, is my arch collapsed in my okay. foot because I think it just stretched out because I was so heavy that my, because when I lost the weight, I actually went from a 16 down to, and I'm a, now I'm a 15. So I, I think, and I have very, very flat feet now. I mean, and like I said, I have sometimes I have, I think from being that heavy, I stretched out. I probably grew one size, maybe a foot size, I think. And that's, and that's what I, when I talk to guys with GH usage, usually it's about, a, it's usually about one foot size. They usually grow, but just being big will spread your foot a lot too, just because you're yes. carrying around enormous amounts of weight on your body. Um, yeah, but Absolutely. everyone in my, all the men in my family have big feet, big hands, so. That's it. That's it. Well, I think the biggest thing that comes to mind too was when I heard about this news was that when they did Dallas's autopsy, you know, he had obviously some, you know, uh, a tumor as well. I forgot and, that. You're right. You're yes. 100% right. Yeah. And, and I'm just thinking to myself, you know, I, I know you didn't, for those of you that don't know Dave that far back who follow me, Dave 
was probably, I mean, how many times did you try to get your pro card? How many times did you compete at like a national level show? Too many times remember. to remember that. That's how many times. Yeah, I had two second places, that's two third places, I think, and a couple fourth, and fifth places too. Yeah, yeah they're all in the super heavies. heavies. So, so you know, Dave, Dave was a very, very big guy, guy. and obviously, obviously, I think the last show you did was, was in the early two thousands. Oh four, yeah, yeah. yeah it, was, it was it was it was no four, and. One, One of the things, things was that Dave would come in wickedly shredded. And, and I do want to talk to you about your diet concepts because that's something that I want to definitely talk about. Um, but the thing is about Dave is if you go back and you look up Dave's photos, he was always in condition. You were always ripped. And one of the things that comes to mind is that when I heard about that, and again, you know, I, I had the, you know, um, ability and, and I had the, um, to, to work, work with, with Dallas for, for, for a prep, prep. you know, we, we worked, worked together for a couple of years for off season and I did his pro debut. I'm sorry. Yeah. Pro debut, which was the cow. And, um, and that was the show we worked together. And when he passed, all the autopsy stuff came back and it was kind of, it was, you know, one of the things that was like very triggering was that he had the issue with the thyroid. And I was just thinking to myself, you know, nowadays, there's a lot of the guys are into these peptides, which, you know, I'm just very, very against a lot of these things because they just haven't been, haven't been proven. They haven't been tested, you know. If you're going to go take testosterone, you're going to take neanderlone, these things have been around for 60, 70 years. Um, you're taking uh, a lot of these things. But at the end of the day, and a lot of them can be prescribed by a doctor and safely be used uh, for hormone replacement therapy. But... When, when it comes, comes to these peptides that are basically on some website that's for research only, there's a lot more that I think has been happening. And I haven't had a chance to really talk about this, but because you are um, a, a very good uh, sounding board in regards to this conversation, do you feel that this thing situation with you and indiscriminate cells, how whether it's you know growth hormone or some of these other peptides, um, especially like let's start with growth hormone because it's been around for a long time. Do you feel that that with you know I, that my philosophy is you're going to get indiscriminate growth of cells. Okay, you could even wake up dormant cells with growth hormone. And I was in the same situation as you. My mom got cancer when she was 14, and it was one of the reasons why I competed as a natural bodybuilder. Because of that, she got a really uh, acute myeloid leukemia, and she was able to get a bone marrow transplant at Stanford University, and she lived. And it's just so it reminds me of the situation you're in. But unfortunately, it sounded like your mother passed. Yeah, yeah, pancreatic cancer. Yeah. Pancreatic pancreatic cancer, and um, and at that point, you know, we're at that 14 year old age. It's a very very fragile. Oh yeah, sure. So. So when we're looking at that, do you, did you think ever to yourself, like any of these things that you were taking with you, you're competing or whatnot could possibly affect that situation? Because again, that's one of the reasons yeah. why I didn't go down that road for me personally, because I felt like I didn't have the genetics to be somebody the next Dorian Yates um, or any of those other guys. So for me, it was one of those things that, Hey, look, I'm going to go ahead and, and stick to these, these natty shows and I'm going to just take it as far as I can. But do you feel like, where do you, where do you, do you, do you contribute any of these things that are going on with some of these people with some of that? Or is that something that has basically had, you had a chance to think about that? Yeah. I, I you know, I didn't really ever, I kind of left the, the game before all those peptides came on board. Mm -hmm. So I never really used any of those. So, um, and I, I would think that I would say, yes, maybe if, you know, um, this had happened while I was using them, but I mean, it's, this, I haven't used, you haven't even used hormone replacement for like f over five years, almost six years now. So, it's kind of weird that these things. Well, you're not even taking like a shot, shot of test a week or anything no, like that. No, like the guys that are in their fifties. Yeah, it's funny because my testosterone came back. I have like a 500 testosterone, so I'm like pretty good natural. So nice. So you know what? I feel good. I think you see because if I start taking like HRT, then I'm gonna feel. Then I'm gonna start like wanting to gain muscle, and so I don't want to get any bigger. I'm like my blood pressure is good. I'm like I feel really healthy at this level. I have good energy. Um, that's why it's kind of weird that I had you know all these weird things happen. I think sometimes your genetics, you're just you know you're genetic time clocks go off in your body and you get old and things don't regenerate and fix themselves as well. And who knows, you know, I, you know, I, I, I always had like little like weird cysts and stuff like that, that I got on mm -hmm. my body, you know, so it doesn't surprise me now, you know, the fact that Dallas had that, that 
thyroid issue. I don't know what could have caused that, but you know, I'll tell you one thing. If you, if you watch the interview I did with Boston Lloyd recently, mm-hmm. he took some kind of peptide uh, that was supposed to, you know, incinerate fat cells and it, it, it might've destroyed his kidneys. You know, he's, he's in like, he's got some pretty bad creatinine levels over six. So, isn't he like stage three or four, like renal failure? Yeah, I mean, a creatinine of six point, you know, five is not good. Oof, you know? No, yeah, so I mean, no. you know that. I don't have to tell yes, you. So I no. mean, and he attributes it to that peptide, and and there is some data that shows that the peptide can be, you know, kidney toxic. So you're right. These indiscriminately pumping yourself full of these these random peptides that are sold. The promise is everything from regenerating, you know, cartilage and this and that, and fixing your immune system. You're a retard if you use it because there's no, no one knows the safety data of these things. You don't even know if what you're taking is really that peptide, you know? So it's, it's scary, you know, sometimes, you know, with, with why would, why wouldn't, you know, I did happen to watch that actually. And I, I saw that interview you did. So it's one of those things where I'll have my team link that interview, uh, your interview on this. So that if you guys want to see it, because the, the point of this is that a lot of people sell a lot of bill of goods and I don't understand why someone, whether it's Boston or anybody would go and take these research chemicals and, and inject them into their bodies. I mean, it's one of those things. I know it's, it's this false sense of like, I'm, you know, so-and-so in the gym does this or somebody, you know, somebody on the Olympia stage does this. They don't guys. I'm just, I, I hate to tell you this because Dave and I know we've worked with top, top athletes in the world this is the guy trying to sell you something, whether it's a website, whether it's, it's it's someone on Instagram. Cause now I even see things pop up on Instagram where they're trying to even sell research chemicals online now, uh, before they get, you know, shut down because these, these guys are just fly by night companies that are trying to sell these things. And I saw the interview and he said something that he was injecting it in his lower back and, um, and next to his kidneys, and it's known to be toxic, but it might incinerate fat cells. And again, it's just, I mean, and now his creatinine six, and just for those that don't have um, an idea of where creatinine levels, creatinine levels should hover, you know, for a bodybuilder 1.0 to maybe 1.3. If you train really hard, it could be a little bit higher than that, but that's where your creatinine levels, you know, and then if you're a little higher than that, maybe you had a hard workout or maybe you're taking creatine monohydrate and can show us a slightly elevated number, but, but, but again, it's, that's like 1.5, 1.6, nothing much higher than that. And that's with a hard workout with creatine being taken. When you start going into two, three, four, and what you said was he was at 6.1, 6.5. I mean, that is like, Hey, well, you better sign up for, you know, dialysis soon and, uh, and all of that. So, so that's a shame. And I guess, I, I guess my whole thing is, I know you did a couple interviews. Did, did he? regret it or was it just like hey i did it and i thought i got it best out of it because now i'm just curious because you brought it up yeah i i'm sure he can't be happy about it but it seems like you know he's got this attitude like well you know i'll just go on nightly dialysis and i'll just compete like don long did like he's i you know sometimes he doesn't you know sometimes he doesn't make sense to me but uh hopefully look i hope i pray i, I say a prayer from every night because i really love the good kid and he's a he's a really good guy yeah he's a bay area kid he used to work up at one of the stores up here in northern california oh that's right he's from yeah up your woods mm-hmm. you must probably mm-hmm. knew his dad john lloyd right no i didn't know him i didn't know him i i, I knew him because he worked at ken tally's store and i would see him in there yeah i would see good, him really there. good kid but he just does sometimes make doesn't make the best decisions he likes to use himself as he likes to like do the dan, dan duchene route you know test out all these crazy compounds the truth is and you and i both know this that anabolic steroids and gh and igf1 to some degree you're not going to get you're not going to get any more significant growth from taking 400 different peptides with it. These peptides don't really work. The reason why people use them, and you and I know this, is because they're readily accessible. Right. You can buy them. So people think, oh, well, I can't get GH and I really can't afford it. Um, so I'm just going to buy all these GH releasing peptides and I'll take 900 of them because they're cheaper and I'll just get the same result. Well, first of all, you don't get the same result. Secondly, when you take that much, that high a dosage, 
you're stimulating your pituitary gland. But when you take them in such high dosages, you're actually stimulating other parts of your pituitary gland too. That's why a lot of these guys, if, I don't know if you noticed this, sometimes these guys will take so much excess amounts of, of peptides that they actually have high prolactin levels. They're like, I don't know how I have high prolactin. I'm not taking any, any deck or a tremble. Well, you know what? You're overstimulating your pituitary gland and it's, and it's releasing, you know, prolactin. So there's other, you know, you can't just take ridiculous amounts of this stuff and then expect no ramifications. These are active hormones that are doing things in the body and they're binding to receptors. And we don't know what receptors they bind to in excessive amounts, the way people are doing them. And the truth is you're not going to get any more fat burning or any more muscle building than you would get from taking a, a steroid or, or GH cycle. So, or just how about just dieting? Right, right. But I'm just saying my point <laughs> is people think that, okay, I got the GH and the anabolics in there. Uh, now I'm going to, now I'm going to take it to the next level and be Mr. Olympia because I got 60 peptides at my disposal that I can inject all day long. I think people just like the injections. And so they, in their mind, they rationalize, all right, now I got the edge on everyone else. Cause I got 16 peptides. I'm also taking with GH and, uh, and, uh, G, uh anabolics. Dorian didn't have these. Ronnie didn't have these. I should be able to go beyond them. No, you're not going to go beyond them. These things don't do anything. Okay. Right. They're not right. that effective. If they were effective, people would use them and they wouldn't use the steroids and GH. They don't work the way you think they work. So people do stupid shit all the time though, you know? And so I, it doesn't, so you think it's accessibility more than anything. It's accessibility. Yeah. I, I do think though, getting back to the thyroid thing, I think that, you know, I, I think my mom had some kind of thyroid issue. I can't remember. I think it was before I was born. I think I remember my dad telling me or something like that. They, I, I didn't get the whole story. Obviously, no one's alive now to, to verify this stuff. But I think a lot of like thyroid nodules um, are very um, genetic. And mm -hmm. uh, my aunt has like 40 nodules on a thyroid, but they're all benign. Now, sure. like I said, I don't know if mine is or not, but anything can go wrong at any time. And that's the, the key is, and I, and I always wondered why maybe you could, maybe you could, you know, relate to this. You know, we, we get our heart screened. Okay. We get colonoscopies when we hit 50. Why don't they screen, you know, in other countries, they screen your thyroid. It's a simple ultrasound of your thyroid because nodules are very, very common from what I understand now, the reading I've been doing. And there's a lot of people that get more people than, you know, cause I have people reach out to me, have, have had thyroid cancer, and had to have their thyroid removed. And a lot of times, it, unfortunately, they have people wait until they actually have to feel them in their neck sticking out of there. And that, that's usually when they could be have spread or I can't understand why they wouldn't do a routine, you know, thyroid scan in this country, probably because they don't want to spend the money, you know, like uh, the insurance companies don't want to cover it. But it really I mean, when you hit 40, this, you should probably every five years go for a thyroid scan. I, I have to add that now to my list of things I tell people to do. Get your echocardiogram, get your cardiac CT scan. So you see if your heart's good, get your colonoscopy, you know, when you start if you if you have colon cancer in your family, get it younger. And now get a thyroid scan because obviously, you know, look at Dallas. I mean, there's things that can happen that you don't know. And so it's a simple, simple, you know, the ultrasound took literally five minutes for them to do. I wish I would have done it, you know, even earlier. Yeah, no, I think, I think you make a really good point. And I think, um, speaking from personal experience, I, I'm 46, so I'm a little bit younger than you, but I, I got my colonoscopy right when I was like 42, 43, because because what I did was, again, knowing my personal history, I had a lot of problem with gluten and with a lot of things that I didn't realize was causing my stomach problems. So, and I knew that the more irritation, there's more likely I'm gonna have polyps and those polyps can turn into cancer. So what I did was I went in early and they, you know, they said, yeah, we took out some polyps. They're pre, you know, mm -hmm. yeah. And they said, good, good call. And I said, well, I just, because I had so many stomach problems, <clears throat> I've been gluten-free for over 10 years now, but before that, um, you know, I would eat a bagel and I'm like, what's going on? And then even when I went and did the basic celiac test, they said it was inconclusive. It was negative. And then, then Dr. Stanford just said, just cut it out and see if you feel better. And I remember I was, um, getting, uh, somebody ready for the New York pro. Um, and I was like out there and I, I had a turkey sandwich and my stomach was just tore up and I'm like, oh, oh wow. it must've been, it must've been the lettuce or it must've been something that's contaminated. It was, it was the bread and there was a delayed onset reaction. And, um, and now because I haven't had it for so long, if I did have it, it would be immediate, but because, um, it's just like lactose, you know, your body gets used to taking it in and then it'll just flare up and then you can have irritation later. Or if you haven't had it for a long time, you can have instant uh, irritation, but 
distinct with your thyroid. Again, we know that that didn't make uh, uh, Dallas, uh, God rest his soul, pass away. Wasn't that? But when they did the autopsy, it was interesting that they found that. Yeah, because yeah. it, you know, I mean, obviously, it had to do with more of his heart, I believe. Now, if um, he had some cells growing there, like you, now it's getting back to what you said, and he was on a lot of GH, it certainly could have made it grow. I mean, luckily, I, I'm on. I have a thyroid nodule, but I haven't taken GH in you know whatever you know so many five years, so six, ten years maybe. So it didn't have that effect on me. But like, absolutely, if you do have some some dormant That's some right. kind of cancer cells, it will mm-hmm. definitely make it grow faster. You know, going back to the colonoscopy, it's funny because you know I didn't have one till just this past year. Probably should have gotten one at fifty, and I kept delaying it. But I kept saying, you know, I, I sell you know one of my most popular products from species nutrition is fiberized and everyone my wife sells my wife sells your product oh she does yeah in, in, in her, her store. store in her store yeah what's the uh, nutrition nutrition palace in Canada. oh yeah yeah yeah. okay yeah. so i mean it's a very good selling product it mm-hmm. works really well it's a, yep. we use a very high swell rate psyllium and, and people mm-hmm. love it it's like it's got like a cult following people just you know especially to eat a lot of meals it really moves everything through so i've always been like or especially when you're keto especially when you're yeah, keto we'll, yeah we'll get because into that. you're not eating carbs right exactly. so i tell everyone you know Mike, you take fibrolize every day, twice a day. You're not getting colon cancer, okay? Because it's it's keeping stuff moving through this the track. It's the the fiber itself is is a, a you know the soluble fiber is a food source for the good bacteria in your colon, so it's feeding those probiotic bacteria in there. And I know that, and you're not going to ever get hemorrhoids because it you know when you go to the bathroom, it just kind of slides out of you. There's no straining involved. That's the key. And it keeps the musculature of the colon healthy and it alkalinizes the colon, which is going to keep the immune system working well. So I'm, I'm this advocate of doing this over and over and over for years now, since I started producing it back in, you know, 09 or something like that. And so now I got to go for a colonoscopy now. Now, if I come back with polyps. And- so you haven't done it yet? You haven't done a colonoscopy? No, yet? I did. So I just did it this past year. So I'm got it. Telling you, I'm going into the, the colonoscopy. I feel comfortable because I know that I take really good care of myself, eat right, and I do this, and I religiously do fiber in my fiberized product. And so I go in there and I'm like uh, waiting for the uh, the results to come in. The doctor calls me up. He's like, uh, I had to call you. I'm like, oh no, shit, I have colon cancer. He <laughs> said, <laughs> I had to call you because I said he goes in the all in the 20 years I've been doing this. He goes, I've never seen such a clean colon in my entire life. He says, There you go. You look like a like a, like a newborn baby. And and so I was like gleaming, you know, with like, oh my God. All right. And I, he's like, I, he goes, it, what do you, do you do anything? And I told him what I did. And I and I sent them actually a bottle. Of this. He's like, this, that sounds great. And he said, I sent them a bottle of stuff. So it was pretty funny, but you know, you, you got to take care of yourself. And that's you know, right. that's, that's the key. I have also read some stuff. Someone actually reached out to me about the thyroid that to take, um, that sometimes a lot of nodules develop if you don't take in uh, enough iodine, a biologically <laughs> available iodine. So you, I know it's, I eat a lot of iodized salts. I'm a saltaholic. I thought that was good enough, but evidently the iodized salt doesn't get absorbed as well as some of the more bio, like Lugol solution of, of iodine. Yeah, I, I have heard that as well. Again, it's one of those things where it's it's is it it's just like the alkalinity thing. It's like how much would you have gotten it if you were more alkaline, or or you can't because I mean uh, I remember some of the other athletes. Centipani was really big on this, the al- alkaline water and everything right. else. Yeah, I think I and, got him into that. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that was the thing. But one of the things is, um, yeah, I, I, iodine and bioavailable salts are, are really, really one of those things that I've heard the same thing. But going back to the blood work, um, just so people know out there, because I think we should touch on it because um, I haven't gone into it into my program at all. And I think this is a good segue into it. When I have my athletes go through and do blood work, you know, we want to do a full chem panel, right? So we want to do a full chem panel we go through a full lipid panel. I go through like a, a homocysteine as well as a C-reactive protein panel, which is going to also show for inflammation, inflammatory markers. So what we're doing is we're trying to check, make sure that, you know, your chem panel is going to check everything from your blood sugar to make sure you're not pre-diabetic or diabetic. You're going to make sure your creatinine and everything is all on point. And again, we're not doctors guys, but we're just trying to help you Uh, work with your doctor to make sure that as you're putting, you know, everyone knows out there that I'm I'm a a big car guy. I'm a big track guy. You're putting miles on the car. You want to make sure that you're tuning it up and you're making sure that you're not going to blow a head gasket, (laughs) especially if you're running it hard and you're in in, in rough in terms of in the gym, or if you're actually um, starting to, you know, do hormone replacement therapy, you want to check your 
your liver is a part of that uh, chem panel. And then, you know, your CBC to make sure your, your comprehensive um, your blood, um, to make sure that everything is good. And then the lipids, because like you said, um, HDL is a factor because if you run antiestrogens, then your, your high density lipids tend to go down. So those are things that you have, you know, exercise helps that there's some, some evidence of nice and helping that there's also some evidence of, um, of just uh, cardio also helping that as well. And some omegas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I found with relation to the HDLs, ironically enough that, um, and I'm, I'm, I've had a few cardiologists confirm this who are like, you know, more of advanced thinkers. If your LDLs, which are your bad cholesterol carriers. Okay. Those are the, I call them the litter bugs of the body. They kind of travel around the body in the bloodstream. They dump cholesterol, like a, like a litter bug would throw, you know, litter out of a car window. And then the HDLs are kind of like the vacuum cleaners that kind of go around and kind of suck them up. Right. You know, if you don't have a lot of litter bugs, you know, throwing crap all over your body, you, it doesn't matter if your HDLs are very low because there's, there's, you're not, there's no risk of, of you having deposits. And that's, you know, kind of like been my whole bodybuilding career. When I would go for blood work, my HDLs were always low because I was on, you know, cycles of, of drugs, you know, and then mm-hmm. we know anabolics suppress them, but my LDLs were always very low, even though I ate McDonald's, you know, I would eat McDonald's once a day, uh, burgers and some fries one, once a day, everything else was super clean, but you know, mm-hmm. my body was just metabolizing everything. And my LDLs were always like under a hundred, you know, 89 and they were always shocked. So I have zero you know, coronary artery deposits. I've had cardiac CT scans. I have absolutely no deposits whatsoever. And my father had a, a quadruple bypass, but he smoked for, you know, 40 years and he, you know, he didn't eat great. So I truly believe if your LDLs are in order or in line and they're low, your chances of having a blockage are probably low. If you have a family predisposition to blockages, okay, you're going to have a much higher predisposition. You really want to keep an eye on those LDLs. And the best way to believe it or not naturally lower LDLs would be a good soluble fiber supplement, believe it or not, really mm-hmm. dramatically lowers LDLs and, and essential fatty acids, you know, yes. like uh, omega-3 fish oil, evening primrose oil, stuff like that. Yes. You know, I make a product called Omegalyze. I give them the Omegalyze and fiber-like combination and, and I see those LDLs go right down. So as a bodybuilder who's going to do cycles, you're going to have a very difficult time bringing HDLs up. Like you said, nothing really brings them up. Exercise mm-hmm. a little bit, supposedly a glass of red wine or niacin, but they don't really see anything significant. Right. But the trick is if you can keep your LDLs at the normal level, you really don't have to worry about it. Yeah. And the other thing that I, I, I also have noticed is, is making sure you don't overuse the antiestrogens because the antiestrogens will bring down your HDL. So unless you absolutely need an antiestrogen, don't use it just because you think you're doing it. You're doing yourself a favor. You're actually going to actually create more issues with having a low HDL and a higher cardio risk, uh, cardiac risk um, issue. So you've I seen, think- I'm sure that I know there's some gurus. I'm not going to mention names. I know guys that put people on like five milligrams a day of a, of a Remedex, which is insane. That's five insane. milligrams. A day. That's nuts. That's yeah. Crazy. I mean, that's you know that's who they are. To fi- I do. Yeah. Oh, you know who they are. Yeah. Very well. What, what, what are their initials? <laughs> no, I, well, I'll tell you after, but I'm saying I, because <laughs> okay. that's just their protocol the last couple of weeks. I mean, that they do that. I mean, this, you need estrogen to yes. sensitize your androgen yes. receptors yeah. and they don't work, you know, yeah. and for sex drive purposes. So I don't know why people think that if you go from that, you need yeah. to have zero estrogen to be hard on no. stage. It, it's no. unnecessary, you know. No, and five milligrams of aromatics. That's that's equivalent to for those of you that are listening, that's equivalent to five um, doses a day. So that's five tablets a day. That's crazy. Um, but um, but yeah, I think a lot of um, now now I'm curious. I'll ask you afterwards who who does this because I don't. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what everybody else does, but you tend to you tend to know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I think the biggest thing is going into the blood work. So the other things is getting your CT scan, getting your, you know, your, um, your heart checked to see what your calcium score is. Because the thing I, that's a very big thing for me is making sure that athletes get their, um, you know, everybody, I mean, even, even the executives I work with is getting your calcium score because you're going to end up finding out how much, uh, possible blockage you have from your calcium score. Cause you're trying to chase a zero number, but as you get older, your, your deposits can start to calcify and then it becomes an issue. So then what you want to do is you want to be able to be really cognizant of it. And then the other thing that Dave also mentioned was the fact that his age, you know, his LDL was very, very low, but you could eat perfectly clean 
gene and have high LDL if you're just genetically have problems um, and you could take all of the fiber supplements in the world and you can eat totally clean. And if you just have a genetic predisposition to have high cholesterol, then you're, you know, you're basically um, at that point where you're going to have to possibly go on a statin. Now, it's one of those things you've got to talk to your cardiologist about and your doctor, but that's something that if you are perfect on your diet and, you know, Dave, you eat McDonald's and not have high LDL. And, and then there's other people who will eat, you know, really, really clean having, you know, you know, um, salmon that's, that's Atlantic salmon and they're doing all the perfect oils and they're, 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 you know, olive oil and doing, and they're still high. And it's just because it's just the way that their body processes it. Yeah, genetics too. So you're, you're, at the end of the day, you're unfortunately a victim to your genetics. And so um, I think, and I believe this, this, we can do a whole show on this. I believe the DNA testing is going to be the wave of the future as to how you design your diet, your supplement stacks, uh, because I've had a full panel. I have a, actually, if you go to my daypalumba.com website, I sell a DNA kit. It's for, for a company that I'm, I kind of work with a little bit and you can, you, you swab your cheek, you send it away and they'll give you a full readout of like a million genes and what they mean in terms of metabolism and, you know, detoxification and what you're good at, what you're not good at. And I think that's the right way to start, you know, a whole bodybuilding program because now you have your genes here. Okay. I can't digest lactose. I don't handle caffeine. Well, um, I, I'm a terrible fat metabolizer, but I can handle carbohydrates. And now you know how to design your diet because, you know, we always say everyone's a little different. You know, you can't put one diet to everyone. And there's a reason because people have genetic defects in certain areas of certain, you know, metabolizing certain kind of macronutrients and micronutrients. And you can now find that all out very easily with, the, with DNA testing. And I think that more people are going to be doing that in the future than ever before because, we have it easily accessible to us. And, you know, getting back to what you said about the, the cardiac CT scans, you know, prior to a couple, you know, five, six years ago, if you wanted to see if you had blockages in your coronary arteries, you had to get an angiogram. That means you had to go into the hospital, they had to run a can, you know, a thing up your, you know, through your groin up into your heart and actually look at the vessels with a camera. Now they put you in a machine for 10 minutes and they could determine your calcium score, which is really quick. If you want to do the cardiac CT angiogram, they will inject some dye into you or they'll put yep. like a little IV in your arm and some dye mm -hmm. and they can actually see if you have any blockages, not just calcium, but any blockages in your right. coronary the soft, arteries. The soft blockages. Yeah. And that's, that's important because I know I, I, I told Mel to go for that test, Mel Chansey, and he wound up having a blockage. He had to get a stent put in there. I mean, so if he hadn't gone for the test, he would have never known. And he had his dot, his dad passed because of a heart attack. So you could save your life doing these things. I mean, you're crazy if you don't check. It's such a it's such a simple diagnostic test that you can do. Had Dallas gone for one of those, he would have known he had a 90% blockage in that artery, you know? Now, yeah. granted, he's young, but he was having heart issues. So he could have just gone, got the test. All right, you know what? I'm clear, fine. No, I'm not clear. Let's address it now, you know? Right, well, being 345 pounds probably didn't help him either. No, but you know, you, you're 345 pounds and you have only 10% blood flow to that, you know, that one part of your heart, you know, that's, that's a recipe for disaster, you know? Yeah. And unfortunately it's, yeah, it, it is. I mean, it's just, it's sad because I mean, he has such, a, I, I miss him so much. I don't talk about him much because it's, it's really hurts me because, um, the kid had all the potential in the world, you know? Um, you know, I really, really enjoyed training him. It was a good time. Um, but you know, I mean, he died so, so early and, um, he had, he could have been the next Jay, you know? Yeah, he could have. And you know what the, the weird thing, the weird thing is that he kind of, he had symptoms of it in, in Australia. He, something happened. I don't know. That's what, what I heard. Yeah. He was having problems. He, and you know what, all he had to do is go get checked out. And you know what, if, if his death, you know, his death should not go without sending a serious message to the bodybuilders out there that you have to get checked because you just don't know. We see it all the time, honey, basketball players in the prime of their career, 22 years old guys in college, drop it on a court with an arrhythmia. They didn't even know they had, and they, and they had a heart attack and died. And you know, it can happen to anyone. We don't know. I have an arrhythmia. I found that I have arrhythmia. I don't know if it was affecting me when I was younger. It might've been, but I have an arrhythmia and I actually have a defibrillator in, in my eye that I had implanted because I don't, I have kids now. I don't want to drop dead of a, you know, now it only kind of affects me and I don't even know what happens when I exercise at a very high level, which I don't do anymore. But, you know, what if I'm running around, you know, with my kids, you know, playing soccer or something like that. And my heart decides it's going to go into, into ventricular tachycardia and I have a heart mm -hmm. attack and drop dead in front of my kids. It's not going to happen. Right. So, 
I did that for protection because I'm a father now, but you know, I could have just said, Oh, I don't want anything in there. I don't want to do it. I feel fine. And I never have any symptoms. You know, that's naive. That's sticking your head in the sand. So at some point you have to take responsibility and say, you know what we all have, and it doesn't, is it caused by being a bodybuilder? I don't know. I don't think so. The doctors don't think so, but we all are, we all have problems. There's health. Everyone has health issues, whether you're a bodybuilder or not. And if you stick your head in the sand because you don't want to deal with it, when tragedy strikes, you're the, you have no one to blame, but yourself really, you know, and unfortunately you'll be dead and it will be going to be your family and your wife and your kids and your, your parents. So who, if they're alive, those are the people who suffer, you know, and Absolutely. Uh, a lot of this stuff is unnecessary. When I hear about suicides, you know, in our industry, it gets me really sad because I know these people just were needed help. If they, if they would have been, they would have, you know, gone to someone and, and seek help, you know, maybe they would have been able to avoid having to, you know, do that type of thing. And, you know, that's why I think it's important for podcasts like yours and mine, you know, where people respect our, our voices and, you know, the experience we have, if we can help one person here, one person there, one person there, then you know what, then we're, we're doing a great job because uh, we've seen it all essentially. No. And, and I really think that that's the case because what happens is you have so many of these, you know, fly by night gurus. And that's why I hate the whole word guru. You know, I like, you know, I'm a, I'm a coach. I'm not a guru, but if you want to call me that, um, you can, but we're trying to basically level out the highs and lows and try to make sure that people take care of themselves and make sure that they are pointing in the right direction in terms of information but they're also not going off the reservation because again, it's so easy to go down that road with the wrong person. And then you just go down that, 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 that road of, um, that's just filled full of just really, you know, pitfalls and, and just, and, and just broken dreams because you need somebody to kind of balance you out kind of like the situation with Boston Lloyd. I think, you know, if he had somebody there that he really trusted that said, Hey, look, man, pump the brakes. Don't use this shit. What are you doing? Stop. He wouldn't listen. Anyway. He wouldn't listen. You don't think if he had, he had a mentor early on I tell him all the time. I'm always giving him advice. Well, you did work with him. Yeah. You've been working with him for a while. Like, I mean, you did, you know, and I don't I'm call me up day. and ask my opinion, but he likes to test things out. I don't know. He's like very like, uh, he like, and even though you tell him, no, he still just does it. Yeah. Still do it. Cause he's, oh. he's like, it's like telling your kid, you can't, uh, don't climb on the couch. <laughs> they get, as soon as you tell them don't climb on the couch and you walk out of the room, they're going to climb on the couch. It's, it's, it's inevitable. You know, right. that's just the way it goes. And the thing that, that worries me is there's a lot of new coaches out there. You know, I, I run a course, the secrets of becoming a diet guru, do it about every quarter. And, and I train people on how to write diets and I educate people on supplements and, and diet and responsible use of anabolic steroid cycles and stuff like that. And, you know, a lot of people, coaches take this and they really get a great, uh, you know, benefit from it. But I see a lot of coaches out there and honey, and you could probably, you know, attest to this that do very risky things with their clients yes. from diuretic usage to high, high dosage of anabolics and GH and crazy insulin protocols and stuff like that. And that you and I know it's not necessary to do these things and doing these things are not going to make the person better, but these coaches like to do it because the sensationalistic aspect of what they're doing and telling these clients to telling their clients to do makes these people think that they got some kind of secret knowledge and that they might know more than Hani and Dave though, because look, their dosages are higher and it sounds sexy and rock and roll. And, but the bottom line is that it's very dangerous. And that's, you know, I, you know, I've seen, people killed with high doses of aldactone and i'm not going to mention names but we saw you know a couple of competitors uh, at least one you know, pro competitor die within the last two years because they were taking ridiculously high amounts of aldactone how much were they taking like Hundreds. 250 milligrams a day. oh geez yeah. yeah i mean that that's insane yeah that's crazy why would anyone do that i mean what, you got to be a freaking nutcase to, to prescribe that so 200 these things worry milligrams. me yes wow. these being because these coaches and these guys don't know the ramifications of what they're telling people to do because they don't know the science of what they're telling do you think that do you think they're just experimenting they're just kind of using them as kind of human guinea pigs yeah yeah i think that's exactly what they're doing the old dan Duchesne method you know trial and error with the with someone else's help you know just and that's and that's that is scary and i think a lot of people need to listen to that who's listening to this right now that that hey don't be a guinea pig to this because at the end of the day i think it's your body that's what you're going to have sensationalism you know sensationalism i mean that people literally use 
these crazy things and they'll use, you know, how many times I've ever heard to go, Hey man, I would be in Kuwait or I would be in Dubai and they would say, Hey, I, this is what I heard Jay did what you did with Jay and Oh nine or this or that. I go, Dorian, Dorian was doing <laughs> Dorian. this. Yeah. yeah that yeah, was the only Dor- thing when we would come up. Dorian did this. Yeah. Dorian did this and that's how Dorian grew. And you talked to Dorian and he'd be like, what is that? What does that mean? Dorian didn't even know what IGF one was. And I right. heard Dorian was slamming IGF one back in the day. That's, right. that's how we got. That's right. That's right. And, um, and I've talked to Dorian many, many times and it's one of those things he's, he's in the same, you know, he's in the same wheelhouse as us. It's just more is not always better because, you know, he's, he's actually saw a decline in what he looked like when he went too high with things, you know, and it's just one of those things where you have to balance it out. Um, going into the, into the rest of the health things. Um, again, I, you know, I talked about inflammation markers because I like, you know, um, certain ingredients that help. Um, you're talking about some of your products, but when it comes to the other types of blood work, is there anything else that you guys go over? Because I do think that after this podcast, I do think it's, it, it'd be wise for people to go out there and say, hey, maybe I should have this thyroid checked. Do a quick scan like you would a colonoscopy. Go and, and get just like you're getting your heart checked. Because, you know, when you go out there and you do your EKG, your cardio, um, you're doing a, um, a cardio stress test, any of those things, when they turn around and they're seeing that there could be issues, they put you on, you know, a treadmill and they put a cardio stress test on you. Well, this is one of those things that I do think that people should, because it's starting to pop up a little bit more and more. And I don't know why people aren't talking about it more. So I do think it's something that should be done because it is quick. It's effective. It's not invasive. It's nothing crazy. It's not like you got to go in there and, and do a, you know, check your bone marrow or, 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 you know, but honey, these athletes are so in such good shape that they could, a lot of times they could pass a, a cardiac stress test and they could have a blockage in their artery and, and, and it w- they would get through it because their bodies have compensated so much and their hearts have compensated that they, they can get through it. The cardiac CT scan is, is the way to go uh, or CT oh, angiogram that you're a nutcase If you don't, if you don't go do one of those every five years, because you know what, then, you know, you know, if you have a blockage in your heart, it's, it, it's, it's so cut and dry with the stress test. If you, you know, if you happen to be in terrific condition, you might right. actually might, might, this is true. My dad at 76 years old passes a, a cardiac stress test. Cause he was having like some sticking pains in his chest a week later, he had a heart attack. Okay. And, and he had needed a triple bypass or quadruple bypass. So, you know, and my dad was 76 and he didn't do any exercise and he passed the stress test. So, if, if they didn't have them back then, if he would have gotten an angiogram or something like that, or they would have done something like that, he would have known, oh my God, I, he's got three, you know, three, four blockages. Let's go in there and either stent them or, you know, at this point. I just think a lot of people don't want to know. I think just even getting blood work for most of those people, they don't want to even just do basic blood work. Right. Because then they know, you know? well, I have to stop doing stuff. I, I see a lot of high creatinines, honey. I, I have a lot of, I probably have read thousands and thousands of blood work. I don't know, mm-hmm. you know, because people send them to me. And I even sure. tell people, I actually offer... Uh, a list of blood work people should get done. I said, mm-hmm. if you want, send yeah. it to me. I'll take a look at it. Obviously, if I need to go over it with you, I'm going to have to charge a consult fee, but I'll look it over for free and if everything's good, don't worry about it. But I see so many high creatinines that it it really scares me. Um, and luckily, I, you know, I'm, I, I can't, I'm not talking about sixes like Boston. I'm talking like 1.7s, 1.8s. Stuff that's high. Stuff that you it's can fix. High. Right. But, but that's higher than I really feel comfortable seeing. And, and I immediately get these guys on detox programs and lower their protein down. And we give them, I have a product I sell mm-hmm. called kidney stuff. And, you know, we get them on everything possible to reduce that inflammation around those kidney, you know, tubule or filtering apparatus so that this, the body can start, you know, cleansing and getting those toxins out. And, the kidneys will regenerate, not as fast as the liver. Usually, it'll take a little longer, five to six months, but they will recover if you catch them. If you're once you're, you know, very high on the creatinine scale, a lot of times this this fibrosis and this permanent damage to the kidney filtering mechanism, and you're not going to be able to fix that. But uh, just get your blood work, like Connie said. This that this it's just at least you know, at least yeah. you know. You've got to get you, your blood you want to. You don't have to do anything about it, but at least you know what's going on. Yeah. I mean, even, even if you're going to go in and just do the basics, do something. I mean, if, but if you really want to be comprehensive, do everything we talked about, go in there, get your CBC, get your lipid panel, get your hormones done, get your total, get your free test, even go in there. You can go check your, uh, you know, prolactin levels. You can take, look at all of the different hormones so you can see 
all of those things, you know, DHEA, um, all, you know, obviously I always have my athletes do their vitamin D levels as well, because a lot of them are very, very low. And so all of those things, especially now with COVID, you know, making sure that that, that you know, that's high, the vitamin D is super important. And also what I also recommend and, uh, is a probiotic is making sure the probiotic, because your gut health helps run your immune system. And so making sure, because we're getting hammered, we're getting hammered with, constant antibiotics and pollutants every day and nobody's eating 100% organic it's impossible so you're going to get into the food supply you're getting these these antibiotics these these animals have consumed and then we consume them and then what's going to end up happening is it's going to kill your good bacteria and that's why I'm a very big advocate of adding a probiotic in as well as I don't eat enough greens. So I came out with a greens product and just like you came out with your stuff. Yeah. Evo greens. And, and there's actually a, a probiotic in there as well. But, 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 you know, and, and, but the, the point is that we make products that we take, right? Because that's why that's we why came up with them. them. It's, it's, yeah, exactly. Cause we take them and we're like, Hey, instead They're of not necessarily out, profitable, but they definitely are necessary. <laughs> that, that is very true. That is very true. There's a lot of stuff on there. That's borderline. Um, probably accountants look at us going, what the hell did you make that? Yeah, Why'd you do that? Right? Exactly. But, but at the end of the day, uh, when it comes to supplements and when it comes to blood work and when it comes to all of these things, you want to do these things. And it was good that you were able to find this off of another test you were doing for your heart and you were able to find the thyroid issue. And um, the, 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 the other thing is about your ketosis and your, are you still pretty big? Because I know that you're always a big advocate on, on a ketogenic diet. Um, do you still advocate the uh, ketogenic diets for your athletes? Yeah, you know, I, with most men, I don't really start them out on a ketogenic diet unless they're like fat and, you know, really need to lose a lot of weight, you know, because then it, then it works pretty effectively because it's faster. But usually with guys, I start them off on some days on protein and fat with no carbs. And then some days they're eating carbs and, you know, vegetables and protein. Um, and then I, I alternate it around. What I find is when people hit a certain point because where you have to lower their carbs so much, they do better if you switch them into ketosis because now the brain is using fat as a fuel source and their blood sugar levels are stable. They don't get mood swings and they feel better. Right. And so not everyone ever goes to a complete ketogenic diet, but some people do eventually. The women- You I used love to do that though. You used to do that a lot with even your competitors back in the yeah. day. Yeah. Oh no, yeah. yeah. Like 15, I, I did a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I don't, I don't do it as quite as much with, with some of the guys with the faster metabolisms now. So I find yeah. they just don't need it. But um, I, I liked it because it, it kept people, like I said, it kept their brain, you know, functioning well. They took away cravings. Yes. People feel good. I have people that request it. They're like, I, I, Dave, I don't even want to do some carb days. I, I, can I just do pure ketogenic diet? I said, yeah, I mean, that's fine. And my ketogenic diet is high protein, moderate carb, uh, fat. It's not like a high fat. It's not that medical ketogenic diet, which right. is not going to work for athletes, obviously. And you know, with women, I always put them on ketogenic diets unless they have a ridiculously fast metabolism, which is one in a hundred people, you know, but the women do well because they don't hold any water because when you don't eat carbs, you obviously, you, you know, you, you lose a lot of fluid. Women love being non-bloated. They like the fact that their brain is not craving carbs and sugars because women tend to be sweet cravers more than men, I think. And they do really well on, on, on ketogenic diets, I find. And I and some days I don't even do fats with them. I'll go like protein and vegetables. I because women can you know what the problem is? These women weigh 120, 130 pounds and they want to eat like a 250 pound bodybuilder eats. They want six meals, they want six ounces of protein. I'm like, you weigh 125 pounds. They said you don't need that much food. So for them, if they're going to eat smaller quantities of food, fats tend to be a denser calorie source. So they feel more satiated on that. And they don't have cravings because their brain is in ketosis. So I, I find that, you know, because look, let's face it. Why do people fail on their diets? Because they cheat, because they're hungry, irritable, you know. So I find that if you can keep people from not being hungry and not having blood sugar swings, they're much more likely to succeed on their diet. And so that's why I use those. And I, and I can assess the person I work with, what yes. kind of mentality they have. If they're like a robot machine, I can give them anything to eat, you know, and they're going to follow it, you know, to the T. Then I can eat a morsel more. But if I give, you know, I know the women I give, if I'm going to give them peanut butter, they're going to eat the whole jar. So yes. I so almost, you, have to, you know, you have to understand, you have to assess who you're working ahead. with, but I do, I do like the ketogenic diet. I don't use it on everyone, however. Okay. Yeah. Cause I remember we had a discussion about that about 10, 15 years ago and I, it, it was kind of a blanket thing you used to do back in the day, but now it seems like you've definitely adjusted to that, which, yeah. you know, because, because you know I, what I, 
you everyone's know, metabolism is a little different too. And, you know, I, I, I evolved, I, I, I wanted to, I think, prove a point, how effective it was. And it did work. It does work on everyone. It does, right. definitely works on everyone. Right. Do you remember our conversation about that though? Do you remember what it was? Yeah. I, don't, I think we had a debate on, on, on whether, you know, you know, we're doing ketogenic diets and something. I don't remember exactly the whole thing. about it. Yeah. Well, this was here. So I'll, 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 I'll kind of, we'll kind of go back a little bit. The key was not that whether or not the fat loss was there. It was the muscle flatness that I didn't like. Because oh, okay, okay. that was the problem I had that you would lose a little bit of that three dimensionality because what would happen is it was really good to help with cravings and all of those things. But on the competitive side, you want to get to a, a person to a point where they're at least doing a carb cycle because if you don't, you want a carb cycle because you want to not be able to get so flat because you won't be able to fill back up again, you know, because three days of carbing up or five days of carbing up. So that was my whole thing about it's great to get you strided glutes, but you to, to try to stay full was something like that. And I think that was the whole thing about making sure that there's carbs that come, that come in. What I, what I found was that, you know, I, once I get people, I like to get people in shape early. I know you do yes, too. Right. Once I'm in early, I can start feeding them more. And then I add carbs back in, not necessarily three days before, maybe two weeks before sometimes. Yeah. Um, likewise, a, a lot of times I'll give people burgers and fries and stuff like that now to fill them out as well. Yeah. Um, but I don't find I have a problem carving people up because I think that the, when you do a ketogenic diet, you actually become more insulin sensitive. I think yes. you, because your body's looking for glucose and, and, and insulin, which it's not getting because you're not feeding the person carbs. And so the insulin receptor density increases. So as long as you give people enough time, I think a lot of times yes. also people don't realize that, you know, clenbuterol and, and, and drugs like that, that burn fat, make it very hard to carb up because clenbuterol increases, uh, you know, um, what's it called? Glucagon which does the opposite, mobilizes stuff out of the cells. So if you're taking something that mobilizes stuff out of the cells and you're trying to push stuff into the cells, obviously you're not going to be able to carve them up. So, I mean, I don't know if you do. I, I cut back clombuterol uh, uh, and stuff like that. Yeah, I think it acts more of a, a diuretic because I think you get more of the diuresis effect of it. And that's one of the reasons why it's not the biochemical pathway of the carb up. It's actually the flatness that it carries because the same reason why you get clen cramps is the same reason why you don't get, you, you get a little bit flat. It's because you're cutting your sodium and then you're taking something that's also kind of creating a diuretic effect. So I think that's more of the reason why you get flat by, you know, you have to be able to onset that a little bit. I don't know if clenbuterol actually is, is, is a sodium issue as much as it is a, um, the electrolytes being able to cross the membranes. Cause if you give diet tonic water, which is a, you know, quinine to, to people mm -hmm. with clenbuterol, it kind of cures the cramps because it opens up ionophores, letting the electrolytes kind of equilibrate themselves better. Mm -hmm. I think it changes that the, I think clenbuterol will, will push sodium. It's definitely electrolyte driven because, be yeah, but yeah. it's not necessarily that you don't have enough of them. I think it's just the electrolytes are not where they're supposed to be. Yeah, the, whereas, it's definitely an imbalance. Yeah. Whereas where a ketogenic diet might, if you don't take in enough sodium, you could dehydrate yourself because of a lack of sodium because you're not holding water. So right. the mechanisms might be a little different. Um, that's why, right. you know, with clenbuterol, you can take in sodium, potassium, and it doesn't seem to help the cramps. Whereas you take an ionophore, like a, like a, like, you know, like a tonic water or something like that. And that tends to fix the problem a little better. Just like with the, you know, with COVID now, the thing is you take in, we know that zinc inhibits COVID from replicating, right. uh, chelated zinc, but zinc can't get into the cells very effectively. So if you take an ionophore, which opens up a hole for the zinc to go in, like, like a tonic water or, you know, that, uh, what's it called? The, 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 the drug, the prescription drug, um, that Trump took. Um, hydroxychloroquine? Yeah, hydroxychloroquine, which does the same thing. Right. You can get that zinc into the cell and now all of a sudden, you know, re the virus stops replicating. So slightly different mechanism, but yeah, I agree with you, you know. So yeah, yeah. electrolytes are very important, especially hydration. If you're gonna, you know, for training in the gym, you wanna keep those muscles hydrated because that keeps them anabolic. We know that the hydrated muscles lose functionality and that they obviously, you know, will lose fullness as well, which we don't want. Yeah. And I think, I think when people over diet, they go, Hey, you know, I didn't fill up enough. And you go, yeah, man, if you've over dieted or you just haven't, and, and you've gotten flat for so long, you're just not as big as you were. And it doesn't matter. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, right. That's the other thing you got to assess People forget too. That, yeah. They don't you know? have as much muscle as they thought they had. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So when they turn around and they go, Hey, look, you know, I, I, I just needed an extra couple of days. I could, you could have eat, eaten for another week. It wouldn't have mattered. You're just not as big as you thought you were. And that's what happens too. Sometimes with some of these guys, especially the amateurs, when they turn around and they go, Hey, you know, I really want to be full and I want to be big. Yeah. yeah. Well, you felt great. Cause you drank a gallon of water in the gym <laughs> six weeks out and you had sushi the night before. So between the sodium and the 
the water, you know, you were, you had this crazy pump going on, but you know, all in all, I, I, I really appreciate you coming on and, um, and, and coming on, please, you know, check back in. Um, I want, we want to follow this journey. We're going to go ahead and like I said, we're going to put your link to your, uh, to your site up so that they can follow your journey both on your page as well. And we can, you know, put together, uh, maybe a couple of uh, Q and A's for us together. Yeah. Yeah. We time. should do a, a couple more, maybe come back on the RX muscle show. And we can answer some questions. Cause I think people, this is good conversation because people can listen to this while they're working out and they, they could actually get ideas and they could write notes to themselves. Hey, you know what? Let me check this. Let me test this because look, we've, we've seen it all. You've seen a million athletes you've worked with. I've worked with a million athletes. We've done, I've worked on myself and you've done yourself and, experience counts for something. Plus we both have actually a degree in, in, in college, you know, so we actually have a science background to, to kind of fall back on so that we're not just talking gibberish here and bro science. So people should take what we're talking about, I think, and, and take it seriously and apply it to themselves because we're not just, you know, wasting time here. This is valuable information that I wish I had when I was coming up in the sport and I just didn't, there, there was nothing like this available. No. And that's where you could spend all that time that everyone's spending on social media, following their, their favorite shoe company or this or that spend a few minutes, listen to some of these podcasts, because I think it would go, it would really behoove you because this is free information. This is information you can take and be able to apply for your own health. And who knows, like you said, it could stop a heart attack or, or it gets cancer, you know, pre-screening for you, colon cancer, thyroid cancer. And uh, again, you being open about this is really, really big because it's going to allow people to create awareness. So thanks again, Dave. Um, everybody out there, just remember, please make sure you subscribe, comment below, let us know uh, what you'd like for us to do next uh, on the YouTube. And if you're listening to this on iTunes, then go ahead and don't forget to rate the, uh, the iTunes episode. And uh, Again, thank you so much, man. This was a great time. And I, I wish you all the best. And I, hopefully this is something that's really, really uh, super either benign or curable. Uh, we'll be praying for you. And uh, thank you again, Dave Palumbo, Hani Rambod, and that's the truth.